It's a college baseball Tuesday. We just finished the Shriners Children's College Classic. Great baseball. The draft pool is taking more hits with more injuries. And we're going to talk to Albany shortstop Brad Malm. Stay tuned. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And on today's show, College Baseball Tuesday. Last weekend, great games. The, the Shriners Children's Hospital College Classic in Houston lived up to the billing. Uh, just some absolute great games. And you know, the, the field, UCLA, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Baylor, Texas, LSU, big names in there. Some great games. The team I want to talk about, UCLA, okay? UCLA goes 2-1 and one in the tournament, nearly a perfect weekend. And the reason is the pitching staff. So um, they lost to Baylor 2-1 to one on Friday. Uh, final inning, bases loaded full of Bruins, just can't bring a guy home. Saturday, they go out there seven inning game and absolutely rout Oklahoma 15 to three and then take on a Texas squad on Sunday uh, that is that is missing their pitcher Tanner Witt. I'll get to that in a little bit later. Uh, beat them five to one. Give the Longhorns the number one team in the country, their first loss of the year. And really show that this pitching staff is legit. And UCLA is a school that we talked about in our Pac-12 preview last week about has the potential to be a really good pitching staff, brought in a lot of great recruits, have a lot of young guys coming back. So there's somebody, you're going to be hearing some of these pitchers, you know, Jake Brooks, Mac Radjic. You're going to hear some of these guys next year early in this draft. Absolutely a great team. Uh, but just like looking at that tournament, I mean... LSU and Oklahoma play a great extra innings game. They go to 11 innings on Friday. Ends up 5-4 to four LSU. Um, actually, LSU didn't have a great weekend. 1-2 and two on the weekend. They lost to uh, Texas on Saturday. They lost to Baylor on Sunday. But, I mean, absolute great weekend there. And when you look at the state of college baseball now, you kind of look at the teams that are good, the teams that have not been good. You saw 25,000 people at Texas and LSU. Two good teams playing. The fans showed up, and so I think the lockout has something to do with people getting excited for um, for college baseball. Clemson played South Carolina, drew 6,600 fans to the stadium. Georgia and Georgia Tech, and I love what they do. I talked about it last week. I love what they do for their rivalry matchup. They do one game at Georgia Tech, one game at Georgia, and the third game is at Cool Ray Field, the home of Triple A Gwinnett. They drew 10,000 fans to that. We saw big crowds for Florida at Miami. We saw big crowds for Ole Miss at UCF. Big crowds for Mississippi State at Tulane. And let's talk about Mississippi State. Woo! I don't know if you saw, and part of this is injury. I'll get to that in a minute with Landon Sims. But Mississippi State up, I want to say up by eight on on Tulane. No, it was, uh, they were up, yeah, they were up 10 to two in the fourth, gave up. Nine unanswered runs to Tulane and lose eleven to ten in ten innings. Just 
Six and six on the year, rough start for Mississippi State, the defending champions. Just nothing like their year was last year. Won the first game on Friday night, lost the next two, really kind of struggling there. Now, North Carolina, NC State, another school that's really kind of struggling. And when you look at what they did last year, obviously going to the College World Series, having to forfeit the end, I thought they could have beat Mississippi State. I thought they could have been College World Series champions. Uh, Tommy White, uh, Tommy Tanks, you may know him as, uh, the freshman home run sensation, uh, went one for 12 against Northeastern, had nine home runs entering the weekend, had nine home runs exiting the weekend. Uh, he is now number two in home runs in NCAA, not number one. And number three is on today's show. Stay tuned. Third segment, Brad Maul, University of Albany. But it's just something where like NC State struggles a little bit there. They're eight and four right now, but they lost the uh, they were swept by Northeastern. They lost their Tuesday game against Campbell. And you look now at like what they've got coming on. They've got Notre Dame coming. They've got Florida State coming. Georgia Tech and Clemson. That's their month. And so just absolute like struggles going to come if they can't figure out what they're doing. Um, you know Georgia struggled, and that's something where like you look at the draft pool. Jonathan Cannon's a guy that. You expected to be a selection. Uh, you expect good things from him. He goes out Friday night, gives up six runs in six innings. Just really doesn't like he fought well. Georgia Tech has a good offense, but he's a guy where you you have he just adds to the questions that this year's draft pool has when it comes to collegiate pitchers. And so, you know, just it makes this really tough as far as figuring out draft wise what's going to happen because there's. So many injuries. There's so many guys missing. Uh, there's so many guys underperforming right now. But ignoring all of that, right now, you've got five undefeated teams left in college baseball. You've got Clemson at 11-0. You've got Purdue at 12-0. Tennessee Tech at 10-0. Virginia at 11-0. And Wake, at a, Wake Forest at 11-0. And the big thing here is so many of these teams started off with uh, had losing records last year. So Clemson, uh, first time they had a losing record in 60 years last year. 11-0, they just swept South Carolina. You look at a like Purdue, Tennessee Tech, these are the best starts they've had in program history. Wake Forest, 11-0, first time since 1961 they've done that. And, same as everybody else, losing season last year. Um, they've got Coastal Carolina, uh, today, they've got Florida State coming in to visit this weekend. So I don't think they're going to keep going. Their record is 1949. They were 15-0. and 0. Uh, But like last year, they only won 20 games. So Wake picking it back up. I saw a tweet today. It's like, why are people not talking about Wake Forest? And why are people not talking about Wake Forest? Let's talk about Wake Forest. So, you know, but feel really good about about. The start that they've had, you know, they're obviously they're known for their pitching development. They have the Wake Forest pitching lab. They do all of the great stuff. We see these guys go on to MLB. Uh, you know, they're putting high draft picks into the league because they're so good at the using technology and using um, biomechanics and kinesiology to like figure out optimal performance for a pitcher and get him to that point. So really excited to see kind of what they do and what their season looks like going forward. In just a minute, I do want to talk about some of those injuries and then some of those games to watch this upcoming weekend. Uh, but first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. 
Uh, football is over for the season. Basketball is in full steam, both pro and college hoops. I believe this week starts a lot of the conference tournaments, like the SEC starts on Wednesday, things like that. So, latest odds, totals, player performance props, anything like that, betonline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for all your scores and news this season. Not just basketball, betonline.net is your source for hockey, for boxing, UFC odds, uh, when baseball finally starts, they'll get that too. If they ever get college baseball, I'm probably going to go broke. But listen, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. So when we're talking about like the 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 college pitching class this year, and you know, I, I, I tease it in the first segment. I kind of mentioned some of this, but there is a lot of injuries right now when it comes to college pitchers and arguably that is the weakest of all of the position groups in this year's draft so I just like there, there, there's a lot of factors but the biggest one is injury so before the season Arkansas right-hander Peyton Paulette Tennessee right-hander Blake Tidwell their injuries are either going to end their spring seasons completely or uh, limit them severely so you've got that the challenge is like, go find a first-round college pitcher who is healthy and has a track record of performing as a starter. You can't do it. You look at uh, this weekend, we saw some more guys added to this list. Landon Sims. He was probably a top 25 prospect, the righty entering this season. Had no starts in college. Well, guess what? Friday night, um, he leaves the start in the fourth. So he's gone through three and two-thirds. Faced 11 batters, has 10 strikeouts. Leaves the game. He's shaking his forearm. Reportedly, quote, didn't feel right. Uh, as of Monday night, we don't have any updates as to long-term prog- you know, prognosis of what's going to happen. But come on, a pitcher shake, saying his forearm doesn't feel right sounds like a worst-case scenario, okay? You look at, obviously, Tidwell's a guy. I, I already mentioned Blake Tidwell. He would have been the top pitcher in the class. He's hurt with a shoulder. You've got uh, Carson Wisenhunt. He's a lefty at East Carolina. uh, Probably a top 25 guy. He's he's started 13 games through 62 innings last year. He's a guy who has a track record of being a good pitcher. So you got one. Um, You look at Connor Prelip from Alabama. He's returning from Tommy John surgery. He's thrown in bullpens, but he's not. We're not going to count him as healthy. He's not going to be counted on to contribute for Alabama this spring. Will he get back? Yes. If he was healthy, would he be a 1-1? Yes, he would. But right now, you just you can't quite count on that. Uh, continuing to go through the list, you've got Tanner Witt. Tanner Witt for Texas is supposed to start Sunday's game that they lost to UCLA. He gets scrubbed with what they call muscular tendedness. Like, it is tender. Um, they don't quite know. The test results weren't back yet as of Monday night. Same thing with like from Landon Sims. But again, muscular soreness in the arm of a college pitcher is never a good thing. So another guy, you just don't quite have stuff on that. And you just end up like, I mean, even, you know, Kumar Rocker didn't sign as a number 10 pick out of Vandy last year because of questions about his medicals. He pitched well. He had issues. And so like right now, the only only guys that we look at as far as first round talents that are like clear and obvious first round talents You've got Hunter Barco, the lefty from Florida. He's probably a back half of the of the thing. He's got a uh, twenty starts, a hundred innings, 
in the starting rotation for Florida. So you've got a little bit of background there. You've got him. Um, you've got Carson Wisenhunt, and that's about it. All of the rest of the college pitchers either have injuries, they have questions, uh, or they're playing in new roles and you don't have a track record. Miami moved their closer to starting. Maybe you should have let him close. I mean, he, you don't have the track record of him being a starter. So a lot of questions, a lot of weakness when it comes to this class. And I'm one of those guys that I like college pitchers simply because they're better, like they're able to contribute at a high level quicker. They can get to your major league team and impact your major league team sometimes within two seasons. Uh, but this is the year, this is the year if you want to draft pitchers, you go after prep talent. You have to understand after the lockout, you're going to have to sign free agents and then you are going to have to turn around and you are going to have to draft prep pitchers, which more volatility, less likelihood of success, but when they hit, oftentimes I feel like they hit higher. Um, you don't see a ton of pitchers come out of college and be, I feel like, and be number ones. You get a lot of college guys who are twos or three because the guys who have the number one talent are drafted out of high school. So do that. Go get a guy. Uh, take a chance on some high schoolers this year because I don't know if the college pitching class, unless you get one of those guys or you're willing to take somebody who's hurt and rehab him. We're going to take a guy who has TJ, knowing that you only have four seasons with a college guy before you have to put him on your 40-man, back to yesterday's show. So this might be the year to go after um, go after some college, I'm sorry, some, some, some high school prep talent. But uh, upcoming games this weekend, I want you to pay attention to. Some good stuff going on. One, we've got some conference play starting. So the ACC kicks off this week, number five, Notre Dame at number 25, NC State. Notre Dame won the ACC last year. NC State obviously was in the final four there at the College World Series, had to pull out because of COVID. Mississippi State took the spot and went ahead and won the national championship. Going to be a great game. Number 10, Florida State visiting undefeated Wake Forest. Florida State, we talked about this with, with Dre two weeks ago. They've got two amazing pitchers for your Friday and your Saturday. So what is Wake going to do to generate offense against some elite level pitchers? And can Wake's pitching and defense hold up against this Florida State offense? Alec Thomas and friends out there crushing balls. Virginia Tech at number 14, Georgia Tech. You're going to see a ton of offense in this game. Uh, Kevin Parada, the catcher, probably the number one catching prospect in this year's draft. Uh, loves to hit bombs, is really great at it. You're going to want to watch that game. And the number five, Virginia at Duke. Um, Duke's six and five, but I feel like this is going to be a tricky matchup for Virginia. They match up really well. Duke matches up really well with what Virginia likes to do. Pac-12. The Pac-12 is opening conference play. Uh, we talked about UCLA in the first segment. Number 15, UCLA goes to visit USC. USC 9 and 2, 7 game winning streak so they're hot right now but we we all know in baseball momentum is a thing, momentum is real. Um you've got Oregon at number 2 Stanford, you'll remember from our Pac-12 preview last week, Stanford might be a I think Stanford is a college world series team. This will be a good test bringing in a 7 and 5 Oregon team. And then some of the non uh, non-conference matchups, one that I'm going to watch partly because I just love the dirtbags, but Long Beach State 
at Nebraska. Long Beach State started off great, four and six right now, but they won their opening series at Mississippi State. They've struggled since then. Nebraska, preseason Big Ten favorite. We talked them a lot in our Big Ten preview with Josh Neighbors. They've struggled. They started slowly. They had a really tough schedule. So I'm not going to say that this is like the season right here, but if you want to get one of those at-large spots for either one of these teams, they need the momentum they can get from this weekend. So they need to do well. They need to have a great game here. Uh, and in just a minute, I want to bring you, we talked about Tommy Tanks being number two in home runs. I want to bring you uh, a conversation I had a little bit earlier today with University of Albany shortstop uh, Brad Baum. Really talking about, I mean, he's number three in college baseball in home runs right now. Uh, sat down with him for about 10 minutes. We had a good conversation about the work he's put in in the offseason, retooling his swing and all of that. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bars are the protein bars that taste like candy bars. I think they're better than candy bars. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, the flavors, fantastic. You look at the Built Bars, you've got things like white chocolate cookies and cream. You've got cherry barcia, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, mint brownie. Great flavors. If you're not necessarily into the bars, that's fine. They've got other stuff. One of the options is the Puffs, first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Uh, flavors like churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, things like that. So here's what you do. Go to Built.com. Check out the list of the regular flavors and the limited time flavors. Sign up for the mailing list. They'll send you more information about it. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. And the thing about, like if you're a car person, you know, tons of cars out there. Makes, models, all of that. It's nuts. And so when you go to a local chain auto parts store, you're going to go there. They're going to ask you all the questions about your car, the make, the model, the trim level, all of that stuff. And then they're not going to have your part in the back because there's so many cars and so many parts. And so instead of waiting for them to ship it to you, stay at home. Use Rock Auto. So Rock Auto is a family-owned business. It's been helping DIYers for over 20 years. Reliably low prices for every single customer. They have everything you, you could need on the website. I told the story yesterday, but I have a chip in the the, the roof of my car. Uh, I went, went onto Rock Auto's website, put in the year, the make, the model, and it said, okay, on your car, here is where you find the sticker. Here on the sticker is the code that represents the paint color. I went out, did that, came back, and it said, here's the kit you need, the touch-up paint kit you need to repair the chip paint, where there's, you know, like, here's everything that you need, ship it right to you. I call the dealership significantly cheaper with Rock Auto than the dealership. So if you need a part for your car, go, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, folks, we are joined by Albany baseball shortstop Brad Malm. Brad, welcome to Locked On Movie Prospects. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So for, for the folks listening who don't necessarily know a lot about you, but just some quick background here. You walked on at Albany as a second baseman and 2019 hit over 300 across 39 games. Great defense. We all lost 2020. We're going to ignore that. But 2021, uh, you finished the season batting 345. Um, you led the American East in hits 
in doubles. You were top 10 in RBIs, batting average, slugging, on-base percentage, made the all-conference first team, the all-tournament team, had a 12-game hit streak. And despite all of that, you didn't get drafted last year. So this year, you come back, and what have you done? But right now, 11 games in the season, third in all of college baseball and home runs. Um, you already have eight in like 11 games. So eight home runs your first three years with the school, eight home runs this season. How much of that was just kind of natural development of a college player? And how much of that was like specific focused work that you did in the weight room and in the nutrition facility and, and in the batting cages? I believe it's just all my hard work paying off. You know, every day I'm in there for hours, taking swings, taking ground balls, doing everything I need to do. So I just, it's just all the hard work paying off. The results are showing, finally getting some exposure. So yeah, it's, yeah. Watching some of the video um, of your swing this year compared to last year. And what I love is you guys opened the season at Georgia. And so the SEC network was there. We have plenty of, of film. And when I watch your swing, it looked like you kind of went from a, from a level plane, more of a, of an upward angle to your swing. And really, really kind of quick to get into the zone and then your bat kind of stays longer in the zone. How many swings a day would you say it took you to kind of figure out the changes you wanted to make to untap that power? Probably about 200, 300 swings a day. I would mostly T-work. I love T-work. That's that's where you can get your repetition down and, and really uh, work on your progress. But um, yeah, 200, 300 swings a day, moving the T around, different pitch locations, thinking in my head, different pitches coming in timing all that type of stuff is a uh, really important yeah and and talking about pitch locations i'm i'm guessing pitchers have started to attack you differently than they used to in the past um is that something that you've seen as like just teams approaching you differently whether it's intentional walking or or it's just different types of pitches to hit definitely i actually got intentionally walked on uh yesterday and uh in my my second to last at bat in the game it was a man on second with two outs in the had a free bag open, so they decided to do that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely getting a lot of more uh, off-speed down in the zone, just trying to read that down and, and still uh, attack a fastball or a, a hanging uh, off-speed. And I think that, like, you mentioned attacking the hanging off-speed. I, I think it was the Georgia, one of the Georgia games, the Georgia closer throws you a, a fast uh, – I'm sorry, a changeup up and in, and you kind of turned on an inside-out swing, put it over the left-field fence. Is that something where – you're trying to lay off down and away waiting for something in the zone or it's knowing what kind of swing you can put onto what ball. Like what's the goal in the at-bat? I'm, I always sit fastball because at that level, the, the velo is too high. You're gonna, if you sit all speed, you get blown away with the, that velocity. So I'm always sitting fastball and I, I try to uh, – my leg kick, I kind of do a hang. So mm -hmm. I get that up and then while that's up, I read the spin. And that's how, that's how I'm on time for all these pitches. But that, I believe that was a, a slider up and in. And I saw it. I saw the spin. I saw it was going to land in the strike zone. So uh, I put a pretty good swing on it. Yeah. And um, so, so eight home runs, 11 games into the season. The record for, for the season, I'm sorry, the record for the school in a single season is 13. Uh, what are your expectations as far as, as, like, was that one of the goals you had for yourself going into the season? Or is that just, it's going to be nice to collect that if you can happen to do it? Um, usually, uh, before the season, I set goals like that. I don't really like to share them because they're they're pretty high. Yeah. I always set my bar a little high, but uh, I really try not to look at that stuff. I I, I just want to help my team win, take a pitch by pitch, and just be on time with everything. Just yeah, put my team in a position to win.
Yeah. Talking about helping the team win. I noticed that obviously walk on as a second baseman, uh, you started playing shortstop last year. So you're already playing great defense at a middle infield position. You move to a premium defensive position. Not only do you play it, you play it really well. Four errors the entire 2021. Um, was that something, was that your idea? Was that Coach Muller's idea? Or did it just kind of develop as one of those, like this is what we have to do roster-wise to make it work? So I actually came into school. I played third base. I didn't, I didn't play second base or or first base. I believe that, that was uh, an error, error in one of the articles. So I played I played third base every game, uh, my my first two two or three years, and I never really that I never really played that position before. That was that was a, a little different for me. And then mostly uh, it was Coach Mueller. He uh, he put me in a shortstop to start the year, and I, I really excelled there. And I, that's what I played all my life, and I felt comfortable. So. Baseball reference had third base. Uh, Golden Spikes had second base. And I was like, I don't know which one to believe here. Everybody's got a difference. So thank you for that. But no, so, so, you know, you're taking hundreds of swings in the cage every day. Um, weight room work, I assume, is probably, you know, a lot of your time. Was it something where you had the chance to go play in like a fall ball or a summer ball and you chose not to do that because you wanted to work on physical development? Yeah, definitely. And, I always like to have a, a little backup plan just in case the baseball doesn't work. So I, I really put that to, uh, to school and internships. So that's what I would do in the summer. I, I would still get my cage work in. I would still lift weights, and I would do that too. But uh, so, I would I, I would say it's during the COVID year. I was around 200, 200 pounds, and I really cut down. I got my body right to about one seventy, and now I kind of I kind of built it back in the right places. Yeah, and and so building the body in the weight room, um, kind of building that swing in the cage. What, you know, and right now it's paying off 20 RBIs on the season. You're not sure if you realize this, you're, you're, uh, you're already halfway to your career record of 39 RBIs in a season with your, with 11 games in, um, what are some other facets you want to add to your game so that when the draft comes around, like teams don't have a choice, but to take Brad Maul? Um, I really, this year is going well for it, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, I added some power to my game. That's definitely a that's definitely a big thing to to get the scouts eye to to get on the draft boards. Um, another thing I wanna I wanna add some some stolen bases. You know I've I've never I was like five or six last year. I uh, I had a lot of doubles, so I stay on second base. But I'm really trying to work on my jumps and my my takeoff uh, on stolen bases off first base. You mentioned adding power. I do want to ask. Everybody's heard of of the kind of now the legend of of Tommy Tanks and had NC State and y'all are in a kind of close one, two, three there in the race for home runs. Um, what, what about, about your home runs or your nickname? Like what is, has, the, I know the team's probably stepped up and kind of embraced you and what you're doing, but what kind of fun nicknames have come out of that? Oh, uh, the team calls me uh, Bradley Bombs. I'm, I'm signed to this NIL agency that, that they kind of came up with that. They posted on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff and all the guys are seeing it. So that's, that's what's going around right now. Bradley Bombs. Bradley bombs. Okay. Um, last kind of question for you here is, is perfect ending to your season. Um, what does it look like as far as playoffs and then draft organization, that kind of stuff? Like if you could write the rest of the season from here, what's it look like to you? I definitely want to go to regional. That's, that's always the biggest goal. And this, this is the year to do it. We have a ton of experience, ton of talent, the work ethics there with every single guy on the team experience, uh, starting rotation, so if we keep working, keep our heads down, we'll I think we'll definitely get there. And the draft, hopefully, I get some more attention and I can uh, baseball after I do it. Obviously, would would be happy to go to any team, but if you could pick one, is it 
the one from the hat? No, it's actually not. Uh, I've always grown up a Yankee fan, so that would be amazing. But any team that, that takes a chance on me, I'd be honored. Absolutely. Uh, Brad, good luck the rest of the season. Good luck this weekend. And um, best wishes to you. Thank you so much for having me. That'll do it for today's show. Uh, again, big thank you to Brad Mall, University of Albany Great Danes, for joining us. Um, hope they have a great weekend this weekend and a great year. I want to see him hit that home run record. If you want to stay tuned, tomorrow we're talking about the minor league prospects that I am incredibly excited to watch now that um, minor league tra- spring training has kicked off. Uh, we've got a great chat with our friends from Locked On Rockies on Thursday, and then we are wrapping up our Farm Friday series in the West on Friday. Stay tuned. This has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.